not a matter of if, but when a crisis could rock your world. I'm Rashini Rajkumar, crisis strategist, licensed attorney, and host of The Crisis Files. In each case file, we explore a real-world crisis or hot topic that's on everyone's mind. My crisis squad and I are here to find solutions. We also talk with people who can take us behind the curtain on these hot topics for an insider's view. One of those people is Adam Watson, the showrunner responsible for all creative aspects of Crime Door TV, a daily streaming true crime show that puts victims at the heart of the story. Adam's background includes producing more than 4,000 hours of live, mostly sports, content. With Crime Door TV, he forays into a genre. A recent poll found a third of respondents say they consume at least once a week. Adam is here today for the case file I call Crime Doesn't Pay. Crime certainly is paying for media who produce true crime content. Adam, you say once you put forensic in front of a job, it's a thing. What do you mean by that? Well, there are forensic meteorologists. There are forensic ornithologists. That's birds for you all at home. There are forensic palynologists who study pollen. And they literally look at things being smuggled across borders or crime scenes where pollen is involved and they can trace it to a location to help connect a potential killer or a potential criminal with a body or with something that has been smuggled. If you look up forensic meteorologists, you'll find that they are used in accidents to tell you about weather, to see if possible rain or ice or snow could have been the culprit in a particular accident or crime. We joke all the time on the staff, if we're looking for a guest that we haven't heard of, we just take a job, we put forensic in front of it, and we search for it. And we found so many interesting experts in this field, uh, including a forensic entomologist who studies bugs and how they can grow on a corpse and they can look at what larval stage those bugs are at and backdate it to give you the time of death or the postmortem interval, as the smart people call it. So if a certain bug, let's say like a flea, was found on a body in the trunk of the defendant and the defendant says, I was never in that state. But you're like, yes, you were, because this flea is only found in Kentucky. That's partly how they can get convicted. Exactly right. They can tell you if a particular insect only lives in a certain region and that happens to be on the corpse. We had one expert who came in and said that they found dog hair on the sweater of a victim and they ran DNA on the hair and connected it to the DNA of the dog hair in the backseat of the murderer's car because he took his dog everywhere. And that's how they caught this killer. So what they can do with animal forensics, especially, and, and not just in those cases, there are poachers who, when they are caught with a certain type of meat, the forensic scientists then take that and they can test it and tell you exactly what species it came from. And they're even getting DNA uh, databases that we have for specific individual animals now, just like we have for specific individual humans. You know, that reminds me, we did a DNA test on our dog at the end of 2020, not long after we got him. His name is Kodak. But ever since we did that, like every few months, we we get an email, you know, Kodak has new relatives have been found. It's just hilarious. So my guess is you are seeing things on Crime Door TV that many of us, probably only detectives are used to seeing, but you're really bringing that to the masses with your show. Is there anything that has shocked you so far with either the crimes that you're covering or maybe they've been solved and you have some of the detectives or some of the family members on your show? 
the hard thing for me is the subject matter because I am not a consumer of true crime content. So I'm not interested in serial killers. I am certainly not interested in what a lot of people consume in these podcasts and these TV shows and these documentaries. I was brought in for my expertise as a daily showrunner. Luckily, I have an amazing staff of experts and passionate people about true crime. And so, you know, when they say, oh, they caught the Golden State Killer and I go, who's that? <laughs> they all laugh at me because I just don't know who anybody is in the field. I don't know who the criminals are. But I will say it's very hard to talk about these murders, these sexual assaults, these things day in and day out. We had one forensic psychologist who comes on the show and he wrote fiction books because he said he would get to the dinner table at night with his family and he couldn't talk about what he did all day. And so his outlet was these fiction books and fictionalizing these cases. So that's the the hardest part. And I'd say that I've been shocked by these crimes. You know, they're out there. But as someone who doesn't really consume this content and, and was a novice up until eight months ago, it's been really eye-opening how absolutely horrific a lot of these crimes are. And what we're talking about are the worst day of somebody's life. And so when you have these family members on, you're just taken aback by how amazing People are to be able to get through those things, how horrible some humans are to do them. And, you know, we're just trying to do our best to give them a spotlight, to remember those victims, to have a little empathy and compassion. And hopefully in the case where there's still active investigations, if somebody happens to have a tip, you know, we give an outlet so that they can reach out to law enforcement and maybe help solve a case. You know, Adam, it's really wonderful. You're learning right along with all of us, the viewers on Crime Door TV. And that is very special because you're looking at it through our eyes and the rest of your team are those kind of true crime people, fanatics, experts. So it's kind of a nice balance that you bring. Let's talk about those victims and their families because I've seen a lot of your episodes and it's very touching when your host, Sydney, is interviewing some of those people. Sydney comes from an amazing background in local news. She spearheaded a lot of segments working with victims, victims' families, and really helping tell their stories. And she's an amazing interviewer and really puts guests at ease. We want to make sure that we're not re-victimizing them. We want to make sure that they're telling their story. We, we mostly want to learn about these people and they want to share. And that's the biggest thing we found. We had a very well-known victims advocate who was victimized himself, who runs a very large national organization, tell us that a lot of time people avoid talking or asking questions to people who have lost loved ones to violence because they don't want to make a good day a bad day. That was really telling because even if you aren't necessarily somebody who's been victimized by crime, there might be something going on in your life or you know somebody that you just walk around eggshells and you don't bring it up. What we found is those people do want to talk about those loved ones. Set a place at Thanksgiving and remember that person and ask them about them at holidays. That's what we're just trying to do. We're just trying to let them continue to share their story and learn a little bit about them as humans and not just as somebody who was killed or somebody who's been missing for 10 years. That's a really wonderful point to bring up. And I think that's a wonderful gift that your show gives to victims and then the victims' families of victims who have passed and their families. Talk a little bit about the technology, both as a help for these victims, but also in just solving these crimes. I mean, it seems like here we are with such enhanced technology. I've learned so much about the technology that's being used. And what's interesting about DNA, you see it so much on TVs and, and movies, and that's really all I knew about it is what you see on some sort of you know movie about somebody using DNA to solve a crime, is that the technology is catching up 
to the collection techniques used 30, 40, 50 years ago. They knew that this material would be helpful. They've had it stashed in a forensic locker, essentially, for decades. And just now you're able to go ahead and do better DNA testing, get those matches, and then look into it. And the next evolution of that is genetic genealogy, which it takes the genetics even a step further and can narrow it into sort of a family grouping. You might not be able to get the exact person's DNA, but if you can find somebody in a database, again, like from a 23andMe, and there are certainly a few of these that you can upload your own genetic tests to, to be part of this larger conversation genetically, they can say, we know it came from this family. And now we can go directly to that family and say, can we get DNA samples from these people in this family to help find out? And these genetic genealogy cases are not really coming to the courts quite yet. They haven't been tested is, is our understanding. What we're hearing is that they're getting a lot of plea bargains out of those situations when they say, look, we're pretty sure it's you. We've narrowed it down to somebody in your family and they've been adjudicated in that way. But the other way that technology is really helping is body cams on officers. Body cams now protect law enforcement and the people that they're interacting with. So it's one of those double-sided things now that's good for everybody. It's good because it records the story. There's not an opportunity for somebody to say, well, the subject did this or the police did that because now you literally have a recording of it. And we could get into how in San Francisco, the police were allowed to use weapons on robots. And that's something that's going through right now. So the advancements in technology are amazing. And some of them are helping victims in solving cases. And some of them are helping connect communities and law enforcement together better. And some of them are just mind blowing. They literally used a robot with a bomb in Texas a couple of years ago to end the standoff with uh, somebody who had killed several police officers. Officers, I'm blown away by what I've learned. Yeah, no, that is amazing. And just, you know, for full disclosure, that reminded me the robot one. I was on that show. So I had the honor of being in the pilot for Crime Door TV back in 2021. And the owner of the show, the owner of the app, called me up several months later and said we were picked up. And so uh, summer 2022, I started as a regular contributor on Crime Door. And I go on really to talk about the legal pieces. I have not been on with any of the victims or the survivors, but it has really been fun and an honor to be on your show, Adam, and to see that you are really, I mean, it's a show with a purpose. And that is part of the reason I wanted you to come on. Plus, you're just so great to talk with. But you really are trying to do a socially conscious show, a show that empowers people. I mean, it's such a great show. So really quickly, tell people how to find Crime Door TV. Big shout out to Neil and Lauren Manth, who uh, created this app several years ago and who really took this thing from there not being a place where true crime fans could look at something from a victim's advocacy platform. And they wanted a place where cases were named after the victims and not the serial killers. And so that's how this is set up. And the TV show is just a natural extension of that because of the man's past in television and where I worked with them over a decade ago. They've built this app from 2,000 to about 2,500 cases. The TV show now has over 100 episodes. And you can find Crime Door TV streaming on Tubi and Roku and Vizio and about seven other distribution streaming networks and download the Crime Door app to learn about the cases and including some very unique things that they have like augmented reality. So you can walk through some of these crime scenes to get a better understanding and a spatial investigation of some of these scenes and what they're doing with augmented reality missing persons posters that can be updated instantaneously as opposed to like a flyer that's going to be on a telephone pole. Well, Adam, so interesting. We'll definitely have you back because I know that the content that you cover on your show 
just never stops. And there's new technology. I'm never going to look at the word forensic or, you know, what was that word? The pollen guy? A palynology. A palynologist. I'll never look at that uh, the same way again. (laughs) Thank you to Adam Watson. Be sure to check out his show, Crime Door TV, daily on sites like Tubi and Roku and the many others that he mentioned. And there's the app. Download the Crime Door app in your app store. Today's Crisis Brief is sponsored by Minneapolis Regional Chamber. Number one. Americans love true crime shows. If you are one of them, consider what you can learn from it, both for your own safety and for advocacy for victims. Number two, learning how the U.S. justice system works is something that benefits all of us. You never know when you might become part of it. Number three, technology is getting better all the time. Genetic testing can be helpful to solving crimes. The Minneapolis Regional Chamber is a proud sponsor of the Crisis Files podcast. The Minneapolis Regional Chamber is the area's most active business advocacy organization, playing a critical role in top issues impacting the region, including workforce development, education, housing, and transportation. Make your voice heard by becoming a member of the Minneapolis Regional Chamber. Learn more at mplschamber.com or Google Minneapolis Regional Chamber. Thank you to podcast producer Kim Inslee and audio genius Tom Hamilton of Undertone Music. Catch up on all case files at thecrisisfiles.com for the show archive plus special videos. Subscribe to our YouTube page on thecrisisfiles.com. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at The Crisis Files. We at The Crisis Files do not provide legal, financial, medical, or PR advice for particular situations, but strongly recommend you seek out professionals to help with your specific need. I'm Rashini Rajkumar. Join me next time on The Crisis Files. <laughs>